All right, guys, welcome to the Different Animals Podcast. This is episode nine. This is your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today, uh, the few things we're going to hit on is um, we're going to talk about the best A-plus in every sport, and we'll go more into detail on what that means. Um, we're going to talk about what we've been watching recently. Might touch on Patrick Mahomes uh, signing a big deal. I think that happened today at the time of recording. And at the end of this um, we're going to, sorry, we're going to talk about, uh, crazy sports stats that, that are nuts every time you hear them, no matter how many times you hear them. And then, um, we'll probably play you an outro, uh, like we normally would, but then we're going to talk about the last of us two at the end there. So that way, if you're averse to spoilers on that, you, you don't have to hear them. But first... So, I, we're going to talk about the best A-plus in every sport, and that was my teaser on uh, on our last quote where I said, D's, motherfucker, D's, Rosie Perez, <laughs> because the line before that, while that line is clearly talking about her breast size, the line before that, he's talking about his test grades. So, I'm going with the A-plus on this, which is to say that... Um, my dad gave me a very good, uh, or made a point that I think was a good one, which is that he said he thinks Michael Jordan is still the number one basketball player, mm-hmm. but that he thinks LeBron having an A-plus game is better than Michael Jordan having an A-plus game. And so he just thinks that Michael Jordan gave you, you know, at least an A or an A-minus more often than LeBron does. Mm-hmm. So that made me think about... Um, you know, what are the best A-plus games in every sport? So, like, an argument for Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders is that, like, Emmett Smith holds the rushing record and that he was more consistent. But everyone knows that an A-plus game at a Barry Sanders is blowing away an Emmett Smith A-plus. Right. So, yeah. what we're going to talk about specifically today, because this is going to be something that I think we're going to try and stretch out over a few episodes, is we're going to just touch on specific sports. So... We're going to talk about the best A-plus um, today in football, and specifically quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Okay. So do you have yours, Do you or do you just sort of off the cuff, or like do you have any that, you, right. that sort of jumped to mind immediately? So off the cuff, and, and some of this is like just clearly recency bias because I think too much of your best A-plus – like, depends on, like, when you've seen someone bawling the fuck out and how amazed you've been. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that that kind of plays into A+, whereas, like, the, the consistency could get you on the stats. You know what I mean? Like, I can read the stats and see the consistency, but, like, the electricness, you know what I mean? The, the, the electricity... Electricness, bro. I don't even think that's a fucking word. <laughs> um, the electricity, like, you know, just the, the overall feel of someone, like, going off is kind of, like, you have to be there for it. So... Let's see. So wide receiver, I think I have to go. I think I have to go. Randy Moss. Randy Moss is just such an intense, like, 
One of my favorite clips I've seen is I think it's D'Angelo Hall for was a corner for the Redskins, I think. Yep. And he said and he was like a good corner. And he lines up against fucking Randy Moss and it's it's a uh, he's talking about a clip while it's playing. Um they're interviewing him and he's like he's like I was talking cash shit, bro. He was like I was talking so much shit. Like I'm going to lock this dude down. And he was like I knew he was going to try and burn me. He was like, so I played it, doing that, and he was like, it happened so fast, and he's like, he got me, and then I turned, and I saw him put the fucking hand up, like, asking for it, streaking down the sideline, <laughs> and he's like, you just snagged it on me and scored, and he was like, I was talking so much shit, and I stopped talking shit after that, <laughs> and I just love the idea that you were like, I know exactly what you're going to do, I'm stopping this shit, and he mm. does what you thought, and he still just fucking dusted you anyways, <laughs> like, so like, uh, I think Randy Moss is my A plus wide receiver. Who do you have? I think my A plus um, would have to be uh, Calvin Johnson. I'm gonna go with Calvin Johnson because Megatron. Uh, yeah, Megatron. Because I feel like he he is borderline Hall of Famer. I feel like he'll get in just off of reputation mostly. Like his stats are great, but I don't think he's top five in any of them. Um, it was kind of he'll get in sort of on a well I was gonna say on a Barry Sanders level but I think Barry is top five in rushing yeah so I think he'll he'll be somebody who sort of gets in kind of how can I say like a Tracy McGrady entry where it's like dude this guy was putting up so many crazy stats and maybe he he had you know the uh, the um the Pro Bowls but he didn't have you know the ring or even the stats to to finish the uh, <clears throat> to finish his career like at the end of his career so like you know of course we have his best game ever which is against the cowboys <laughs> yeah in 2013 you know he had 329 yards one touchdown which is kind of insane and 14 catches 329 dude like that's 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 insane um let me see we got some other ones here he he broke jerry rice's single season record i think he has he had like 1900 and he broke that game he broke that record off of a 200 receiving yard game um like uh, and then on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving 2014, 11 catches, 146, two touchdowns. So I think he was somebody who came on the scene, killed it, somebody similar to Josh Gordon, and then you know he retired, of course, because he plays for the Lions, and that's sort of what you do when you play for the Lions. Um, but, yeah, I think he's somebody who, I think if he would have stayed, he probably would have done something similar to Larry Fitzgerald, where it's indisputable that he's a Hall of Famer just because he keeps putting up, you know, the same sort of level of stats. Right. Um, but yeah, I would ha- I would have to say he's my A plus guy, like the guy who you're like if like who else who who's like the one wide receiver like if I was told this guy's gonna you know he's gonna be single covered and your quarterback's gonna be I don't know Peyton Manning who would you want I would want Calvin Johnson every single day of the week. Yeah, I think I think that's a good choice. I, I think it's a different monster. Like I think. I think Randy Moss is, like, more explosive, but I do think Calvin Johnson is, like, a guarantee. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson is, like, your ultimate, like, uh, fuck it, just toss it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. And he like... did. And I know he had, he eventually had, or he got Stafford in 2008, but he was hurt here and there. And But he had to deal, you know, he played with guys like, you know, like Sean Hill, I think, and, and, and um, sort of not great quarterbacks all the time. And he put up those stats. And I feel like Josh Gordon was probably his second coming. And, you know, the, the marijuana stuff sort of prevented him from becoming the next Calvin Johnson. Shout but, out to Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Calvin, I think he's he's my A-plus guy. Okay. All right. So, uh, 
I'll let you take the lead on running back. Who do you think is your A-plus running back? A-plus running back. I have a dark horse, and if you take it, I'm going to be so mad. So continue. <laughs> I would say, um, I'm going to try and keep it recent, just so that I can people know. But I, it's recent, sort of, but still kind of a couple of years ago. I would say uh, Chris Johnson. Okay. Chris okay. Johnson, running back, played for the Titans. He had a 2,000-yard running right? season. Yeah, he's Carolina. Um, you know, he always had that, like, twitch. You, you know, it was like he was cutting through time and he, he was so good that one season <laughs> he was so good that one season you know 2,000 yards like I think only him and six or seven other guys have done it um and so if you had to tell me you know this running back is gonna get you know he's gonna get his today I would say give me Chris Johnson um and I know he he's another guy like Calvin Johnson who like came in burned bright for two or three seasons and then he kind of retired soon after although i think his wasn't so much of his choice or it wasn't his choosing as much as calvin's was but i think um both are, are in the same sort of you know late 2000s early 2010s sort of football right all right so mine is a little earlier than that but it's still recent and shout out to sean johnson and i i don't care if i say his last name i think he'll be fine with it because this isn't even a story about him he's just a fan is that i think mine's gonna go to Ladanian Tomlinson. Because Ladanian Tomlinson in fucking 06, his mm-hmm. MVP year, was such a fucking monster, bro. He was impossible to bring down. Like, and I don't mean that in a like powering through tackles way. I mean like you couldn't get a fucking hand on. <laughs> like, Dude, he outscored Oakland as a team that year. That's fucking nuts. So I looked it up. He has. He had 1,800 yards that season, his MVP season in 06. He had 28 rushing touchdowns. Jesus. And he averaged 114 yards a game. Jesus. He was to find... putting in fucking work. Like, I'm trying to find his 2006 stats. because, like, like, His yards from scrimmage were 23, uh, 2,323 over the course of the, the year. So that includes his receiving yards. Yeah, he was averaging, like I said, 113 yards a game. Um, he was averaging five yards a run. Bro, just run it twice. That's a first down, baby. Don't even need to throw the ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy oh, shit. shit. Let me see if I can find it. His, he had an 85-yard run that year. Balling. Yeah. And it, it sucks that he had, you know, and then that, that, that team went 14-2, and two, and then they get upset by the Patriots at home because I think that was – you know that was a pretty good team, and I think Philip Rivers was a that was his second or third year in the league, and then they never quite got him back to that. I mean, the next year he had fourteen hundred yards, but then after yeah. that it was eleven hundred, and then after that it was seven hundred. So he never quite got back up to eighteen hundred. Right. Um, but but even before that though, I mean, like if you look before the eighteen hundred, oh, yeah, he was like it. fourteen, thirteen, sixteen, seventeen, twelve. Like he was going for he he was going off consistently. Yeah. Yeah, but I think still, like, if you look at the rushes, I think he had 348 that season. Like, that's that's a lot. Like, that 348. That's, yeah, that's some fucking DeMarco Murray shit right Exactly, there. yeah. The year before was 339. The year before was 339. 372 in his second year. Woo! Jesus. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I actually did think about LT, but I was like, ah, let me think about something that's a little bit different. Because I think LT, he, like, I, in my mind, I'm thinking about these in sort of, like, guys that you, like, put in and they'll give you great ones, but maybe they didn't last that long. Or maybe they're, like, you know. Because I feel like you got some A's. Like, like I think LT is a little bit different because it's like 
up until that point, he was like very like a a minus guy, and then yeah. two thousand six, he's just a different level. He's just a different beast. I think the reason why he still fits for me though is that like for some reason like I, I don't know like I feel like he doesn't get mentioned enough in that conversation. Right. Like like it, everyone goes to like Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, fucking Herschel Walker. You know what I mean? Like and, yeah. and like he never Adrian Adrian Peterson. You that, know what I mean? Like he yeah. doesn't. He never really gets the respect, I think, even though he was totally there. Yeah, that's that should have been his season in 2006. Yeah. Like, that sucks, yeah. If he'd have won one, I I, I think it would have had to have been a little different sounding. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's as big for a running back as it is for a quarterback, but I think mm-hmm. it would have still would have helped. And for what it's worth, he's in the Hall of Fame, so obviously he did get some credit. <laughs> right, right. Right, but I know what you mean. You know, he, like, if he, people give you their top fives, I, he should be on most people's, but he's probably not. Right. All right, so now I got to take the lead on quarterback, and I'm trying to think. Quarterback's hard <laughs> because I feel like I feel like the answer is still Tom Brady. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like a solid Tom Brady's still dominating. I think you know what I mean. Like I think he does. He's like consistent and also a plus. Um, but if I'm having to choose someone other than Tom Brady, I'm gonna go. Your best A plus. So this is hard because, like, I think I want to say Vic. I think Vic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at his A plus, cha- like, I know he wasn't accurate, but at a certain point, like, if you're opening things up that much, especially at that time, like, like now Lamar Jackson is a great runner and he might be better than Vic. But the thing is that defenses are now more flexible in that they understand this is a thing that, you know, they're like five or six good quarterbacks that can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Dak can run. Cam can run. Patrick Mahomes can run a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it, Lamar Jackson can run. So I think defenses are at least prepared for the idea. But at the time, Vic was like, no, I'm coming out here and I'm doing it. Like, I'm out here. I am running. <laughs> You're not prepared. And mm. that's all there is to it. And then on top of that, having a fucking cannon. You know what I mean? I know he's not super accurate, but that man can throw it deep. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, he. you, you know, anytime you mention Vic, you always got to mention Madden 04. Yeah, which was yeah. the most broke shit ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember playing it. You know, you would hike the ball. You would scramble. Run 20 yards back. Yeah, like, you would just scramble to, to the right. <laughs> he was left-handed, right? So he's scrambling to the right against his arm. He would throw it over his right shoulder. You would be facing away from the receiver. Just <laughs> launch it 80 yards to the left side of the field. Yeah, and then I mean, the receiver would just, like, one-hand snag it. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, I think my quarterback would be, uh, I'm going to have to go with, Mr. Jesus himself, Kurt Warner. Okay, I think okay. he's Bagging somebody who... Groceries. Hey, ba- shout out to last episode, grocery <laughs> bag. Dude, we, yeah, we put this shit together so immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back. It's called poetry. It's rhymes. Um, so I always liked Kurt Warner from his Cardinals team because I wasn't really... I didn't really watch football when he played for the Rams. Right. But just looking at his stats, I mean, in a three-year span from 1999 to 2001... Here's what he had. So, 4,300 yards and 41 touchdowns. Then the next year, they had a little bit of a dip. I think he was hurt for some of that season. 3,400 yards, 21 touchdowns. But then in 2001, which I think is when he was MVP, 4,800 yards and 36 touchdowns. And then he kind of dips again because I think he bounces around from team to team. Injuries kind of cost him. But then he finally finds his way back in uh, Arizona. 
And he beats out Matt Leinart, who I think was the number one pick, I think in 2004 or 2005, and takes him to the Super Bowl in 2008. Now, in that 2008 season, he had 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns at age 37. Jesus. So, I and I remember that team. I mean, that team was amazing. And so, what it, there was 2008, the Cardinals. There was a Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, so they played the uh, Steelers, and then they lost... That was at Antonio Holmes back of the uh, back of the end zone t- uh, tippy toe catch, but uh, yeah. So if I had my one guy who like healthy, like on the field, like have to fucking win a game for me, I'm gonna go with Kurt Warner. All right. So our so just our lineups. All right. You have mm-hmm. Kurt Warner at QB, Calvin Johnson at wide receiver, and Chris Johnson at running back. Mm-hmm. Solid trio. I was gonna <laughs> say that sounds like a 2009 fantasy football draft. <laughs> Where like you and only two other people are drafting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But like, actually, looking at that, that doesn't sound too bad. I need to look at Calvin's uh, 2009 season. But um, Kurt Warner's 2009 season was 3,700 yards and 26 touchdowns, and then Chris Johnson had 2,000 yards that season. So, yeah. So you're looking pretty good there. And then mine yeah. was Vic at QB, Randy Moss. Jesus. All right, <laughs> Vic at QB, Randy Moss at wide receiver, and. And running back with Danny and Thompson. Not Woo. bad. Not got bad. Some, got some burners. We got yeah. some speed. A, you got the... some 2004 magic there. <laughs> All right. So uh, those are those are both solid. Um, I would take those in a heartbeat, and I think anyone would. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, especially yeah. for one game. Like if, if aliens, like the classic like NBA or like a basketball thing is like if aliens came down to Earth, and I think that's just because Space Jam was a thing, but like if aliens came down to Earth like and, and told you you had to win one basketball game to save mankind, like you, you choose at each position for a football scenario with, where that's happening. I think those are both solid, you know, three people where you're like, I think we might have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put my chances on Vic. Yeah. He'll pull this out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but speaking of uh, one ridiculously armed uh, video game cover quarterback who plays for a team that wears red, Patrick Mahomes signed an extension recently. Uh, yeah. I think we have uh, I think we have reports saying that it was it's a ten year extension, and it can be worth up to five hundred and three million dollars, half a billion dollars over the next ten years. Right, and that might still be underpaid when you compare it to baseball contracts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, Mahomes is going to be, like, he is going to be, he's the guy. And I'm interested to see sort of where Lamar Jackson goes next season because um, it would be interesting to have them too and maybe Deshaun Watson as well in terms of guys who can carry the league for the next 10 to 15 years. Because, you know, we had um, Brady and Manning. Those guys sort of carried it, and Roethlisberger as well. But then they've sort of, you know, like... In between then, like, like as they dipped, you had like Rogers holding the fort. You know yeah, I mean? Rogers, but he was drafted in 05, So like Ro- we got Rogers, um, Roethlisberger, Breeze. Right. Uh, I think those guys. But between like two thousand seven to two thousand fifteen, like what guys are left? Right. You know, like uh, Russell Wilson. But yeah, that's Russell about Wilson. About it. Russell Wilson in two thousand twelve. But every other quarterback draft in that space is sort of either gone or sort of already heading out and they didn't really make a, a leg like a legend level splash like manning or, or a brady right you're not oh, gonna yeah. say anything about me saying eli manning you're just gonna let that one well, that's 2004 <laughs> like, you know. that's outside um, of the window 
two. Oh yeah, fair enough. But two Super Bowls over Tom Brady. So I mean, obviously he's a goat and first ballot Hall of Famer. Cool. Uh, I just want to shoot myself now. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean Patrick Mahomes, ten years. The, every time I see something like that, I'm like, good for you, secured the bag, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, boy, you put a lot of fucking faith in that organization. You know what I mean? Like, you are putting a lot of faith in the Chiefs to be able to, like, not just waste fucking six years of your career. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because every contract, any every NFL contract is sort of shaped in a way so that the team can get out of it easily. All right? A little right. bit easier than the, than the player can, right? Um, so I'm interested... I'm interested to see sort of how much leeway or how much uh, leverage he had, you know, with this MVP and then Super Bowl MVP. Right. But, I mean, he's, what, 25, I think? So if you lock it down, I mean, like, that's, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But these things never work out where it's like, oh, you know, he finished his 10-year contract and it worked out perfectly. It's always, you know. There's always a messy ending. Yeah, it's always like they let him go after four or five years. Right. They let him go or the Chiefs end up being terrible for, like, the last four years. And the whole time he's like, you like, he never comes out and publicly says it. But, like, he's very clearly angling to try and get out of this fucking contract. You know what I mean? Like, that's always how it turns out. Yeah. And I, I saw some reports early on that... It would be the the that we didn't we wouldn't have numbers that it would be every year it would be proportional percentage of the salary cap, which when I saw that I was like that makes sense because you know it always changes, right. and I remember you know even seven years ago in 2013 the Cowboys signed Romo to an extension, I think that was like six years sixty mil like that like think about that like that's insane and then yeah. I think in 2018 Matt Ryan got like a hundred mil um, guaranteed. For an extension right right and so like why would you do 10 years when in five years you know quarterbacks could be making 100 mil a pop just because that's just the way it goes you know that's like what happened in the nba when they're fucking they made that new tv deal do you remember in 2016 like, yeah and everybody yeah, got and like harrison 20, barnes got 19, <laughs> 96 million that was the thing is that like dudes that signed in 2015 for the max were like sick bro like they had fucking like no names dude like fucking bench players like out here getting fucking mm-hmm. like the old maximum and i was like god yeah like you said harrison barnes is out here getting fucking paid uh no disrespect to unc basketball definitely not a max player <laughs> no no not at all but i mean they i'm glad he got fucking, paid you know that's yeah, awesome but back. still but yeah like it's I'm, I'm always like when i see these and when i see these in football or not football in basketball baseball i'm like cool awesome dude's gonna get paid everything's gonna work out like that's awesome like he like you know, yes, more right. money to the players, the better. But for for football, it's always like, well, you know, they sign, like I said, they sign these big long deals, and then the team squirrels them their way out of it, or, you know, the player gets hurt, you know, so or, or like they 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 would rather do a longer contract just to make sure that they get paid, but then they don't get paid what they're actually worth down the road. Right. So. Like uh, fucking Scotty Pippen, that was like the whole thing in the thirty yeah. thirty. Yeah, he's, he was like, just trying to get his wanna... money, and then yeah. at the end, he's like, pay me, but then. You yeah. signed the deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like if Patrick but, Mahomes like, everyone comes... told you when you signed it, this was bad. So yeah, like, this doesn't seem that bad. You know what I mean? This is right. not Scottie Pippen level, but like no, no, no. I mean, it always billion, has no. the chance to to be like, like you're gonna be severely underpaid. 
by the time it's uh, over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're nine or ten. If you're still good, which quarterbacks can be at thirty five, like yeah. you're you're gonna be very underpaid, just because of how the market operates. You know what I mean? Like it, everyone just gets one up, even if you don't deserve it. Like it's just the way it works. Right. Like you know, like year seven, year eight, like. You do that, and then fucking Archie Manning Jr. or whatever the fuck the, the next line of Mannings is, he comes in, and he's making you know forty five on his first year deal, and it's like, well, what the hell? I've won two or three MVPs, and I'm making as much as this guy. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, you know, that's awesome, and I think there there's there's a no trade clause, so that's awesome too. That is good. Yeah, and they said he. Um, Ian Rappaport on Twitter said that he gets four hundred and seventy-seven million in guarantee mechanisms. Oh shit! Yeah. So I mean, shout out to him. I mean, I, my whole thing is I just hope that like the Chiefs don't end up terrible. You know what I mean? Like I hope like Tyreek doesn't Tyreek Hill doesn't like dip and then it's just a bunch of scrubs. Granted, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the kind of transcendent talent I think that can like kind of make a bunch of scrubs work. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's about to enter his third full season, right? And just in the last three years, his pass rating average is 125. Jesus. And, and I know not... the numbers are screwy. Like, 158.3 is a perfect one. It's like, well, what the fuck? How does that work? <laughs> but still, like... Yeah, no, it's still impressive. Yeah, I think the, the career best, like, in terms of, like, over the whole career of somebody, I think it's Aaron Rodgers, and I think his is, like, 105 or 103. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, if Kansas City keeps being good, I'm I'm all for it. I'm down to watch ten more years of Patrick Mahomes balling out. So yeah, yeah. But then that just means, hey, the Cowboys are gonna have to pay Dak. We told him. We said we were like we should have paid him in March. And I know he's not gonna get this level. I mean, it would be insane. It would be I I would I would renounce. My fandom, if they ever give him something that's 10 <laughs> that's years. Like, you're like, you're like, pay Dak, you put on your Dak cape, they give him this, you'd be like, well, hold yeah, on. Yeah, last now. week, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Last week, I was like, yeah, pay the man, pay the man. And then this week, I'm like, no, don't pay the man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. Yeah, right. but I, I, I think, I mean, he's going to have to get paid, but hopefully not anything close to this. I mean, yeah. it would be insane for them to do something like this. Right. Definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, but uh, speaking of insanely high numbers and stats that sort of blow your mind when you see them, there was a tweet uh, recently. Um, I forget who sent it. I should have bookmarked a tweet, but they said, you know, what is a sports stat that blows your mind every single time you see it? Um, and so I sent this to Tyler, and I was like, hey, like, what are yours? Like, you want to just like, like, what are yours? That like, every time you see them, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how how is that even possible? Right. Um, but I know he had some, and I have some that I've, I've seen throughout the years that sort of just made me go, what? Like, how? What? Right. So, do you want to go, uh, we'll do one and one? We can do that? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, the one I'll start with is, uh, I saw it recently, is Vince Carter. And it's that Vince Carter has played against 37% of NBA players that have ever existed. Not like 37% of some weird, obscure, like, grouping. Like, if if you've played in the NBA ever, you're on this list, and he's played against 37% of that list. That's insane. So, but I guess yeah. that makes sense, because he was drafted in, what, like, 99, 98? Yeah, and I think it's... it's 
I have to imagine like the fact that he bounces around teams like plays a, a, a little bit, you know what I mean? Just because then he's he's matching up against people that maybe he wouldn't have if he'd have just stayed on one team, but that's not a significant number. So it's clearly just the only two things I can think of is one that his career is long, which is true, and then two, like there's just more NBA players recently. Like like you like you're maybe getting more turnover. You know what I mean? Like your guys near the end of the list, like barely making the NBA are like kinda going in and out, whereas before maybe they were mainstays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe some guy made a fucking career of being like the fucking ninth guy on the bench. You know what I mean? Whereas now it's like we'll just fucking find somebody else. Yeah. But either way, it's still an insane set that over a third of the people that have ever played in the NBA have played against Vince Carter. Yeah, that that's crazy. So basically, like you have a one, a, a bigger than one in third chance of ever playing against Vince Carter or being a teammate of Vince Carter's. Yeah, I, I don't even think it was a teammate of Vince Carter. I think it was just played against. Like I don't think if you were a teammate and never played against him, that was considered. I think it I mean, was he, just like you played against him. He was in a bunch of he was in a bunch of teams. So I'm sure at some point, yeah, played against yeah. him. If you were with mm-hmm. him, like you were a teammate and you also played against him at some point. Yeah. But still, just insane. Yeah, uh, my. First one is uh, Wayne Gretzky. Um, there's one specific one, but me, I don't really follow hockey. And you sort of, you know, he. I always think about how every sport has one player that's so good that sort of transcends the sport, or like that people who don't really follow the sport know about. Him. Like basketball, it's LeBron or MJ right. before him. Uh, Brady and Manning, probably in football. Like if you don't follow football, you know who they are. Um, and then baseball, would be like I guess. Who would be now? Like I don't think there's anybody now, but Barry Bonds. But anyway, Barry Bonds Hawk- or Derek Jeter, I guess. Yeah. Like Derek, I mean, Derek Jeter wasn't even that really that great. He just but he was like an icon because he played for the like, team. Oh, Aaron Rodriguez, maybe. A Rod. Oh yeah, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Sorry, Alex. Alex. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but um, but yeah. So yeah, Wayne Gretzky. You know, you always hear he's like the goat in hockey. Right. But the one stat that always blows my mind when I see it. So he's the all-time leader in points, which is goals and assists combined. Right. If he had never scored a goal ever in his career, he would still be number one in points alone, just on assists. Jesus. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. So imagine <laughs> if yeah, imagine if LeBron's and if they counted assists to points. LeBron would or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have been number one even if he had never scored a single point in the NBA. All of his assists. Jesus, that's intense. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's the one guy that everyone's like, well, no, hold on. Like, like in, in football, like it's like Jerry Rice, but that's still like one position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like in, in basketball, it's it's more debatable just because everybody can kind of do everything. You know what I mean? You have Kareem, LeBron. Michael Jordan fucking Wilt is probably in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's just like, so that's all debatable. But like hockey, it's straight up just like, no, it's Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's the fucking guy. Like, <laughs> there's no confusion whatsoever. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like the clear cut. Like, uh, yeah, and I'm sure there's hockey guys who are listening who maybe be like, well, you know, uh, Jim Bob, whatever. He was, no. you know, he, he was the Red Wings captain in 1942 to 1961 or whatever. See, I but, don't even think that's true because I, like, I, I, I my dad pays attention you're to telling a lot of sports. Me, and like, okay, and, you're telling me hockey doesn't have the equivalent of Kobe stands? I mean, I really don't. I think I think Wayne Gretzky is so far ahead that it's like, if you want to be a Kobe stand, it's like you're fighting for fucking second place. Like, I legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately don't think anyone would tell you that Wayne Gretzky wasn't the best of all time. And I, I think 
and, and it's not. I don't think it's even close. Like you said, he could have never scored a goal and still would have led in, in, in points in history. You know what I mean? Just like, absolutely I, insane. Yeah, I think I don't think there's a single person like you're gonna hear like who's the best Wayne Gretzky who's your favorite and then you're gonna get like the little extra you know what I mean like oh fucking Mm -hmm. Bobby Orr for the Red Wings or fucking Mario Lemieux for whatever fucking team he played for or or, yeah or uh Sidney Crosby for the the Penguins um yeah Penguins yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then uh so it's like you're gonna get those but I still think everyone says Wayne Gretzky you know what here's the deal if anybody out there listening First of all, I don't know anybody personally that watches hockey. But if anybody out there listening wants to give me a hot take of not Wayne Gretzky, let us know and and I just want to see I just want to see if it's possible or if everyone is legitimately like, "No, it's Wayne Gretzky though." <laughs> yeah, make an argument. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, yeah, make an argument for us. So yeah, but I do think yeah. it's Wayne Gretzky and that's it's always nuts anytime that stat comes up for someone to be so dominant. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. All right, yeah. so what you got? What's your next one? So my next one is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. First of all, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored thirty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-seven points, which is just absurd. That is absurd, dude. I was, you know, I think I mentioned earlier in an episode about LeBron being there or being close to it. Yeah, and it's like he's been playing since he became an adult, since he was eighteen. <laughs> he's in year seventeen now. He's like thirty-five, right? And he's Still, like, 3,000 points away from it. God, dude, that's so intense. But that's not my stat. That is a, that is a rightful stat. I could see why someone would point to that as a crazy stat. But mm. my stat is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the league leader in history of MVP awards, he has six, the next highest is five. Um, he won MVPs 10 years apart, I believe. It might be nine. It looks like it's nine. Either way, for there to be a nine-year span where, like, you're always in contention, you know what I mean? Like, like that's just fucking nuts. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. that's, that's yeah, it's crazy. And especially in a, in a time, or maybe it's not, it wasn't like this back then, but I feel like nowadays people get, you know, they get MVPs, and then the next year, they maybe don't want to give it to them just because they're like, well, he already has one or maybe somebody comes close. So, like, what I'm thinking about is, like, James Harden puts up his MVP year. And then last year, it was him and Giannis, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like some people probably were like, well, you know, he doesn't have – Giannis doesn't have, like, the points per game, but he's more, like, all well-rounded. But you could have easily given it to Harden, right? Like, nobody would have been upset. Or maybe some people would have been upset, but I don't think it would have been that big of an outcry. Right. But, like, to give him his first – and mm-hmm. then give him four more. And then by the end, you're like, he's good, but like you can give it to somebody else. But still giving it to him, that just shows you how dominant he was. Right. In that first MVP as well as that sixth one. Yeah. I mean, he has two back-to-back MVPs. He won a 71-72. Mm-hmm. And then he won in 74, then 76 and 77, and then 1980. So, I mean, like that's just the um, – it's, it's a combination for me of the amount in the span. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. – and then also just like thirty eight thousand fucking three hundred eighty eight points or eighty seven points is just so much. Like it's just so much, dude. It's just and so he's much like a black belt. He's like a fucking black belt. Like you, you don't want the smoke either. Like, <laughs> like, like my man's out here dominating all aspects of life, dude. He was in the airplane. <laughs> the greatest college player of all time. Yeah. Also, 
He's the one they had to ban dunking for, right? Is that yeah? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. The fuck? Yeah. It, oh, and then yeah, he got those thirty-eight thousand without you know the three-point line for most of his career. Right. Like, but yeah, I think I, I, like he like he's a lot like I feel like he's somebody like um, LT, maybe a little bit more, where people sort of go the goat, and they either you know they say Magic, La- you know Larry, or they say you know mostly most of them say Jordan, you say LeBron, but. You know, there's nobody who's like a hardcore Kareem stand, you know? Right. Nobody goes, Kareem, let's go, you know? And I feel like that's a little bit like LT, maybe not as much, but somebody who is, I don't want to say forgotten, but, you know, he should he should be like, the, he should be right there with Jordan, I think. Right. I think he's up there. I think, I think it's those three, and then, you know, I, I think those are my three. I think those are my top three. Like, you know what I mean? Like between Oh, uh, LeBron, MJ, and Kareem? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My next one is Jerry Rice. Now, of course, you could go to his stuff in the peak in the '90s, or um, you know him winning the Super Bowls late in the '80s. But I'm gonna go specifically with Jerry Rice, like later in his career. I'm talking about like age 40. So there's only two players who have caught a pass at age 40 or older in NFL history. Jerry okay. Rice is one. And I bet you you'll never guess the second one. Uh, I'll give you the, two guesses. I can't think of fucking wide receivers that wide receivers, go past the age right. of forty. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I don't know. You're gonna have to tell me. I can't even come up with like an inkling. Who, yeah, who could it? Yeah, it's actually Brett Favre. He, <laughs> caught, a ba- he, he caught a pass that was batted back to him in two thousand nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about so that. So those are that's it. It's just him and Brett Favre. <laughs> But not only that, but between the ages of 40 and 42, he caught 162 catches for 2,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Jesus. 40, bro. Yeah. He's a man. He's 40. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, it's in, like, yeah, when he was on the Raiders team, he went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders in 2002. Like, he would, he, he would have won a fifth one then. Or a, a fourth one then. But yeah, he was putting up, like... Like that's why he 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 is a lot like Emmett because he was just like the workhorse who just put up the great stats. But I think he was a mixture also between Barry. Emmett and Barry. <laughs> yeah, I was saying he was Emmett and Barry. That's why I think I I personally think he's the greatest football player of all time. Like, right. Regardless, like I think even better than Brady. I know with the rings and stuff, but just in terms of what that his stats are like, if Brady had put up you know fifty touchdowns every single season, <laughs> right, bro. Cherry Rice and Brett Favre. The two, yeah. That's a <laughs> trivia question. So next time you're in, the, you're in a bar, whenever that, whenever the hell that will be, and they go, well, who are the two players about 40 who caught a ball? And and someone's going to someone's gonna say Brett Favre, and, and everyone's going to be like, that motherfucker listens to the podcast. They're going to be like, oh, you're just thinking about old football players? Yeah, okay, yeah, buddy. And then it'll ding it right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, which is your uh, your last one? My last one is LeBron James. Uh, if you've noticed, all three of mine are basketball because those are uh, basketball is the one sport I'm probably the most into. Um, but LeBron James, and it's that in 2015, when he lost to the Warriors, he was the first player in NBA history to lead in points, rebounds, and assists of every player on both teams um, in 2015 when he lost. 
But then in 2016, he was like, I already put the team on my back, but now I'm going to put both teams on my back. And <laughs> led all players in points, rebounds, assists, again, and then also blocks and steals. So what you're telling – the reason this is insane to me is, is first of all, what the fuck? How, how are you leading every stat for both teams? Like, just, just without even really thinking about it on an in-depth level, just on, like, a generic looking, you know, like, it's stats. It's like, who led the series in points? LeBron. Steals LeBron. Blocks LeBron. Fucking, like, it just, it's so absurd that, like, the one guy was the answer. You know what I mean? And then, on top of that, if you think specifically about who's on both teams. So, he led, he led the series in points. That means he scored more than Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, fucking Kyrie Irving. You know, like he those are all world class elite scorers. He was like, I'm outscoring y'all. So then we're talking about assists. That's mm-hmm. again Kyrie Irving, who's not really known for passing, so that one's kind of you know, you can count on that one. Steph Curry, who again is more known for shooting. Um and then I guess like Draymond is a, is a pretty good passer and, and kind of facilitates a lot out of that. But like assist is the one where it's like, okay, I get LeBron. Like that that lines up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no matter what. Uh-huh. Rebounds, he out-rebounded Draymond Green and Kevin Love. Kevin and Love Tristan Thompson. Oh yeah, and Tristan Thompson. Kevin Love was like that was like one of his big things in Minnesota. It was like that dude fucking out-rebounds everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, he offensive, mm-hmm. re- defensive rebounds, doesn't matter. He's, like, the rebound guy. Yeah. LeBron was I mean, like, even, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, even to this day, like, anytime I see, like, 30-30 or, like, I need to do something that's, like, 30-30, and 30, I'm like, oh, the Kevin Love in Minnesota numbers. Yeah, got yeah. it. Coming up. So, LeBron was like, fuck it, I'm not rebounding, y'all. Then in fucking blocks, like, Tristan Thompson, fucking Draymond, fucking Igudala, like, blocks and steals. You're talking, like... Clay Thompson is great defensively. You're talking about all these good defensive players. He's like, no, nah, I'm out doing that too. Like, mm-hmm. to be better than all of those people at their particular thing and all at once. Like, I remember there's a stretch where Michael Jordan played point guard. And it was, like, the most intense fucking stat lines ever. I'll have to search it and find it because I don't know it off the top of my head to, like, give you the year and what games it was. But there, I want to say it was, like, a... Again completely off the top of the dome for something that the last time I talked about it was probably fucking eight years ago. Um, like I want to say it was like a 15 to 20 game span where he's playing point and he's like dominating. But the thing is, is like when he did that, I, if I'm again, eight years ago, I feel like you saw a drop off on like the assists. other stats, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. Yes. But, but LeBron was like, nah, I got it. Like I'm scoring, I'm rebounding, I'm passing, I'm fucking blocking, I'm making steals. Like I'm out here doing it. And that is yeah. the year that the Warriors were seventy three and nine and they lied. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost because LeBron put the team on his fucking back. <laughs> like Yeah, like those are insane. Like considering he's gonna end up by the time this is all done, he's gonna end up, I think, top five in every single one of those categories. Or at least the top three. Assists, right. rebounds, and points. Um, and you know, you mentioned Draymond. You know, he out rebounded him or out blocked him. I'm looking former player, you know, defensive player of the year, Draymond Green. I'm looking at the best or uh, the defensive players of the year list. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute travesty that LeBron has never won that award. <laughs> yeah, I Not think I once. think I think 
I don't know. I think that's fair because I do think he, it's hard to say that LeBron gives forth full effort on defense. You know what I mean? I mean like, he used to. I mean, not, maybe not anymore, but I'm talking about, like, you know, like 2010, 2009 LeBron. Uh, I, even then, I still don't think – I think LeBron – LeBron's the ultimate like turn it on when it matters guy. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think there's a lot of memories of him like turning it on when it mattered, and so like it lives larger in your head. But like the defensive player of the year award is has almost always just been kind of like a workhorse award. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're out here fucking grinding. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean like Marcus Tony Allen, Joakim Noah. Yeah. yeah. Like and then Tony Allen's like always in contention because it, like every play, bro. I cannot imagine what it would be like to play basketball and have Tony Allen guard you. Like, I don't care how good you are. At a certain point, it's just like, dude, can you fucking relax? Like, like, can mm-hmm, can I dribble mm-hmm. up the court? No? Like, you're not going to let me do that? I got to work to get from the free throw line to from my own free throw line to the half court? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I ain't trying to do this all day. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee yeah. every person that ever had to match up with Tony Allen, like, circled that fucking day on their calendar and got yeah. up to it and they're like, oh, fuck, dude. Coach, can I have the practice before this day off? Because I'm not, I'm going to be so fucking tired. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to be so frustrated. Because the other thing is, it's not like Tony Allen's, like, Kawhi Leonard. Like, Kawhi Leonard's defensive uh, fucking genius. But, like, Kawhi Leonard's just like, I'm going to get in my stance and lock you down and just, like, you know, I have hands bigger than fucking catcher's mitts, and I'm just going to lock your shit down because my arms are super long, too. Tony Allen was like, I'm going to fucking shove my elbow in your fucking hip. I'm going to, like, I'm going to knee your fucking leg. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I'm just going to dog you out for fucking, for all 48 minutes that you're in this fucking game. We're all, you know, however many minutes he was in. I just, like, mm-hmm. can't imagine what it would be like to have to play against that dude. I, I I just fucking... Those would be the games I asked, like, for fucking weight management or load management. Like, like, like the moment he comes <laughs> up with schedule, like, ah, I'm getting real fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, there was that, you know, that old Cat Williams skit where, or the, the bit in his comedy where he talks about uh, pulling up in that Chrysler that looks like a uh, uh, Rolls yeah. Royce. And he's just, you know, until a real Rolls Royce pulls up and he's like, I don't even want to be here, man. I'm just going to turn around. Like, I don't even want to be part of this. I don't even want to fucking be here right now. Yeah, that's every player that ever had to play against fucking Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, my, my last stat is my baseball one. Now, I personally, I'm not I'm not a big baseball fan. I'm, you know, I, I, no one is anymore. No yeah, one is. exactly. Games go too long. It's just, it's not a fun sport to watch. Yeah. It's just and, like, not. I really only watch the World Series, if if even that. But one that I always see come up is Tony Gwynn. And what I always see from him is his batting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really, like I said, I don't really have a, a frame for this. But I know that these numbers are insane just because I know I've always heard that just the act of hitting a baseball is the hardest thing you can do in sports. It has to be. If you really, like, think about the logistics is that, hold on, I'm going to fucking... Uh, you don't know no, I'm not. I'm not going to go through the process of trying to figure out the length of the mound and the fucking speed and it's like force 60, together. Uh, yeah. I'm not fucking doing it. But just imagine way, 90 mile per hour. You know, 90 miles an hour coming bro. at your head. Yeah, a baseball, dude. There's a chance that if a car flew by at 99 miles an hour or like 100 miles an hour, that I wouldn't be able to hit it with a fucking baseball bat. Yeah, Let right. Yeah, exactly. Baseball. I wouldn't even be able to throw a baseball at it or not a baseball, a baseball bat at a fucking car. I would miss it by a mile. <laughs> So he the one the one set that I'm gonna hit and then we can talk about it or the the one that I'm gonna <laughs> hit <laughs> oh, one that I'm gonna talk about and then we can talk about it is the top twelve batting seasons 
since 1961. He owns four of them. Okay. He hit 368 in 95, okay. 370 in 87, 372 in 97, 394 in 1994. Jesus. That means he's Christ. hitting almost half of the balls hit uh, pitched to him. Holy shit. And for what it's worth, like one year when you're in the three Again, don't watch a lot of baseball, so some asshole is going to come here and be like, you're a fucking idiot. It's not true. But, like, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much any time you hit in the 300s at all, you're like, yeah. you're a good batter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're getting like, on base a lot. Yes. And that exactly. man was yeah. almost at the 400s. He was like, nah, dog, I got 392, no problem. Like, you throw me shit, I'll be on base. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think, like, like that's like, hitting like if you shot 39 percent from three like that you're a great three-point shooter but now imagine hitting a baseball at that and yeah at 100 miles an hour or 90 miles an hour exactly. and also and, even yeah. more insane than the fastballs coming at 90 fucking miles an hour which is just absurd simply because it's the number you know like 90 miles an hour and it's that small and you're telling me to take a swing at it fuck you um, and but, I don't. I have to hit it, and I don't, and not only hit it, but I have to hit it so that I can get on base. Right, you have to hit it on base between defenders, and also in between these two foul lines. Like you can't ding it up, you can't ding it back, you can't ding it down. Like yeah. you have to fucking nail it. So on yeah. top of that, one of the coolest things. Here's the deal: baseball is super boring for me to watch. In my opinion, is the most boring sport to watch. But mm. one of the coolest things to watch. Is whenever, if you see on Twitter, um, if you see videos where they'll overlay, um, like, four different pitches from a pitcher and, like, have them come through at the same time. So, you see the mm. arm movement. And what's nuts to me is that the arm releases the ball at the exact same spot in all four pitches. And you have one that's 90 miles down the center. You have one that's a changeup that's supposed to look like a fastball and is actually only 80 then you have one that, like, halfway to the plate still looks like a fastball and then moves five feet to the left. Bro, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. How are you supposed to hit that? Like, not only are you saying I have to hit a ball at 90 miles an hour, you're saying in half that time I have to make the judgment whether that's going to come straight or it's just going to fucking tail off into God knows where and I shouldn't swing at it. It's the most absurd shit I've ever heard. And for that man to hit 392 is so fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, you always see, um, you know, you always hear about LeBron, he would have played football. Or you see guys who play football who maybe, you know, they can shoot some hoops here and then. I don't think I see guys, you know, be able to hit, a, a, like, a, 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 a baseball from, like, an actual, like, pro pitcher, you know? Yeah, the, there's make, a select you, you few. You would put Giannis out there and he would look dumb. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is I think I think baseball is such a specialist sport. Like, there are guys that do both. I mean, famously, Bo Jackson. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you had Russell Wilson got drafted. Um, Kyler Murray got drafted. Um, those guys could... I'm not saying they're going to go bat 390 fucking two. But, like, they could probably not look completely foolish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, you put a basketball player, like you like you said, you put Giannis out there and you'd be like, go play wide receiver. Like, I think just for the sheer, like, muscle and just, like, vertical, you know what I mean? Like, I he could right. 
Put him in a curl route, and he'll go up and get right. It. Yeah, put him in a hit. Put him in a fade route in the corner of the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, like they'll make it work a little bit. They're still not going to be a starter in the NFL. You know what I mean? But like, I could expect, I could expect Giannis or LeBron to catch a few passes. If you threw ten passes out there, you know what I mean? I could expect them to catch a few, or or just generic NBA players. I think you could expect to catch a few. Whether it's just because they're quick, they can cut quick. You know what I mean? Whatever. Unless the person has already played baseball on at least a college level, mm-hmm. none of those people will hit or even foul one pitch that's coming at 90 miles an hour. They, I, I promise they won't even foul it. Like, they won't even nick it as it fucking passes them. There's no chance. Because every every pitcher is just going to be like, I'm going to throw you a curveball. And you're not going to be able to tell where the fuck it's going. And it's just going to fucking leave. And you're just going to be swinging looking like an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then when you're finally, when I've thrown you five curveballs in a row. And you're like, alright, this next one's going to be a curveball. I'm going to zing this fucking 98 mile an hour fastball by you. And you're going to wonder what the fuck just happened. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that it's such a specialist, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no transferable skills. Like, no, nothing yep. in basketball prepares you for 90 miles an hour following it with your eyes and then making contact with the baseball bat. Nothing. You either got it or you don't. And right. Tony Gwynn had it. Tony Gwynn did fucking have it. That, mm-hmm. That's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, speaking of things that are borderline supernatural, okay. I started a new show this week. Okay. I, what show did you watch? Yeah, I started uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, have you heard of the show or the movie that it's based on? I haven't. I have not. I'm going so it's, yeah. So it's it's um it's a show on FX that I, I'm watching on Hulu because they have sort of a partnership. Mm-hmm. And the show premiered uh, last year, 2019, and it's based on the 2014 movie by the same name. And that movie was written and directed, or it was written, it was co-written and directed by Taika Waititi, and he, it's the movie he did okay. before he got hired to do Thor Ragnarok. Right. And it's uh, co-written by Jermaine Clement, who I think he was the one who created the show, and like is I think he's the showrunner, or he's he's one of the guys behind it, one of the creatives. And he was on Flight of the Concords. Okay, I was I was on... like gonna look it up because in my head I was like Jermaine Clement. I'm pretty sure that's the dude from Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. But I was like, mm-hmm. if I say is that the dude from Flight of the Concords, and it's not, I'm gonna look like the biggest fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was like, I have to look this up before I say anything. Uh, all right. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's him. Yeah, yeah. And so he's doing that now. And so they made the movie together in 2014, and I watched it a couple years ago, and I really liked it. It's sort of like a mockumentary, but it's about three vampires living in New Zealand. And the show is pretty much the same thing. It's just three vampires living in Sentinel Island with a couple of other characters thrown in. Um, and so far, I'm about halfway through season two. There's only two seasons, and I really like it. It's a, you know, it's um, it's a much more typical comedy than Rami, which I talked about recently. Um, by the way, I finished that. It's amazing. Watch that. But uh, this one's more of like a typical, just sort of situational comedy, but mockumentary. Think about like uh, kind of like The Office, but with a supernatural twist. Mm-hmm. Um, the three lead vampires are great, um, and then the, they have like a familiar who's like a human who helps them out, and he's great too. I think there's a, a couple of good cameos as well, and there's one episode specifically in season one where they have a big uh, vampire council meeting. And the members of the council are vampires from different movies playing the vampires that they played in those movies. Oh, that's great. And, yeah, and so they get some pretty good cameos that I'm not going to spoil because they're, they're good surprises. But you, you kind of like throughout the like throughout the scene where that happens, you go, whoa, wait, how did they get him? Whoa, how did they get that guy? Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. 
if you I'm trying to think of another show that it would be similar that, that I would say, you know, if you like this, watch this. But I, would say, I guess if you like The Office, I guess if, if you like The Office and maybe are OK with like a supernatural twist to it, um, I definitely recommend this one. It, it is um, it's a little bit more along the lines of like HBO than right. like NBC. So it is, you know, they, 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 they say fucks and, you know, it, it's a little bit more violent, I guess. Well, definitely more violent than The Office. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's uh, two seasons, ten episodes each, So and I'm almost done with it, and I literally just started it a little bit less than a week ago. Awesome. So I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. So, have you been watching anything recently? Uh, so two things that I've started and haven't gotten really anywhere into yet, but uh, I'll still bring them up so that'll hold me accountable to, to actually fucking keep watching them, which is – um. I started Rick and Morty, and because I'm an idiot, like, I still feel the need to go back to season one and watch mm-hmm. them. Like, I don't even think it fucking matters anymore. Like, I don't I don't think, like, you have to do that with Rick and Morty. But, like, I still feel like I need to. Like, I'm going to feel like an asshole if I just jump right into season four. And what's worse is I've watched seasons one and two before, but it's been so long that I'm like, I got to watch them again. Um, so, I'm going to – I've started that. And then also, I made it through – I got like halfway through the first episode of Middle Ditch and Swords, which is a long form improv show. Um, I literally this morning like started watching it, got about halfway through it, and then I had some stuff I had to do, so I, I, I paused it. But um, mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, improv's like kind of a weird thing. Um, it's definitely not for everyone, uh, but like. And long form improv is like them taking one topic and stretching it for an hour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's still going to be, I like it. I'm a big comedy fan anyways. Like I, most of what I watch on TV when I finally do watch stuff is comedy specials. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of my, I just enjoy them. I love to laugh and just like fucking. Also when I laugh, dude, I like fucking cry. I'm, I'm just like an awful person to, to like <laughs> be in a room with when I'm laughing. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've heard great things about it. Um, I think same. I think I've heard, everybody who I've heard talk about it say this. They said they've said the same thing about um, improv, where it's like, well, it's you know, it's not for everybody. But they always say the same thing, which is that these guys are so good at it. Like they're the they're the Michael Vicks. Well, <laughs> no, that's not a good one. Holmes's of improv that it's so good that like there's no way you don't at least enjoy some of the episodes. Like maybe if not all of them are your cup of tea, then they say at least most of them are. Yeah, my favorite thing so far in just the half of the episode I have watched is at the very beginning. So they start and, like, they come out and they, they're they talking to, like, this group of four people in the crowd, right? And they're, like, just – I think it's just, like, talk about shit and then, like, just get a premise to start with just based off what the conversation was. It was, like, four minutes of conversation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a whole lot. Um, and then they, you know, turn that into another 45 minutes, which is just impressive. Even if you don't – like, even if it's not your thing, it's just impressive to be able to, like – talk to someone for four minutes and then turn around and act out a story for 45 minutes, just loosely based on like a couple things you heard. Um, but like one of them was like, so knowing that this is a long form improv show, right? They're asking this person a question. It's like one group of people are like, this couple's about to get married and you know, they have two friends with them and those four people are who they're talking to. And they're like, you know, they're talking about their group of friends and how like one person's like, Oh, my friends, like this person's cousin's, fucking brother's roommate's high school you know like in high school or whatever the fuck and he, they're like all right like that's not like, you know what i mean like they're immediately like i don't know if annoyed is the right word but it's just like jesus christ like really like this is what i got 
And what gets yeah. me is they're like, all right, so what can you? T-? And one of them's like, oh, I. And the woman that's getting married was like, oh, I dated that other person that's in our friend group in like middle school, and mm-hmm. he like in like sixth grade. And she, she, they were like, they asked her. She was like, so what was he like in sixth grade? And she goes short. And immediately, Schwartz, like, puts his fucking hands up to his face. Like, that doesn't help me. That's not what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's like he, oh, my God, I can't believe I called on her. Oh, Jesus, I can call literally anybody else. <laughs> like, he literally puts his, like, faces in. Like, the point is they're trying to get the, like, core characteristics of their personality. You know what I mean? Like, what was mm-hmm. this person like? You'd be like, oh, a goofball or awkward. Yeah. She was, like, short. And he was like, we're all short in sixth grade. <laughs> like, and, like, the crowd starts <laughs> laughing and he points to the crowd he's like, all of you motherfuckers were short in sixth grade, so I don't know what you guys are laughing about. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, immediately, like, watching him put his head in his hands. Like, when she says short, killed me. Like, it wasn't even a joke. It was just, like, I can immediately, like, I knew what they were trying to get out of it got a shitty answer in return and they're like jesus christ like I, <laughs> but then, then then that's where you know like i was saying like that's where the talent comes in is seeing them work with that and and yeah to to imitate making the guy really they funny. call short paul like one of them sits in that chair and like hikes his knees up a little bit and swings his feet at the chair so that way like every time that character's on he's like swinging his feet at a chair Nice. But it's 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 pretty good. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm definitely gonna keep watching it. But uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely something yeah. worth checking out if you're like a comedy guy. Yeah, let me know how it is because, like, like I said, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts and they've they've all or they've watched it and they, like, every single person I said the same thing. Where it's like, you know, hey, like I know it's no, I know I said improv, but promise, promise, I promise it's actually pretty good. And and they say to stick with it and that it's. It's totally worth it. Yeah, and like I don't know Middle Ditch for much, but I know all I can think of every time I see Schwartz is fucking John Ralphio and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, I was locked in the moment he was one of the guys. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, but the, the last topic we have here, just to wrap up the episode uh, before our The Last of Us Part Two spoiler um, portion at the end, is uh, free PlayStation Plus games for July. Um, I know you wanted to uh, touch on this because I you mentioned them or you you sent me the link to them about which ones are free this month and I'm definitely gonna download them but you wanted to touch on them. Yeah, so let me pull this up because there's one in specific which is the reason why I brought this up, but I'm gonna still touch mm-hmm. on all of them. So the free, so some people were upset with this because this was like the 10 year anniversary of PlayStation Plus and them giving away free games every month. So people thought it was gonna be like a, a, a crazy like good list of games and they did give us an extra um but it's rise of the tomb raider which i've i've heard the newest tomb raider games are great i haven't played them but i've heard they're great um yeah, i played the first one okay you did was it was it good yeah the first yeah it's just tomb raider so it's like a hard reboot and it came out in 2013 and like playing the uncharted games the last few months the last couple of months I look back on that and being like, okay, they totally ripped it off. Like, it's literally, like, take Uncharted, Nathan Drake, put it on Lara Croft Tomb Raider, make it a little bit darker, and that's what Tomb Raider is. I That one's hard because it's hard for me to say that they ripped off Uncharted when Uncharted is an updated ripoff of Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the original yeah. Tomb Raiders back in the day. It, when Uncharted first came out, everyone was like, oh, so Tomb Raider with a guy. You know what I mean? And then yeah. this came out, and it's like, oh... Uncharted with a girl, <laughs> like, like with a girl, yeah. But I, I think they mean specifically like the the uh, these like action sequences where like 
they're like interactive. It's kind of hard to explain, but like it's sort of like you you know it when you see it. Like the yeah. one like the Nathan Drake running down the alleyway with the truck behind him, and you right. have to like shoot at it. Right? Yeah, it's like those kind of um um yeah situations. The question of that is just whether or not you think that's them ripping off Uncharted, or if that's kind of just like the natural evolution of that genre. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's a whole different discussion. But either way, like it's still good. Um, and, and it still has its own merit. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely shares a lot of elements with Uncharted. Maybe it ripped off some of them, but it's still, like, it's still the flagship of the genre that Uncharted came to rule. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, you kind of just have to give it some respect anyways. The other one's Erica, which I literally know nothing about. I couldn't possibly Same. tell you anything about this or if it's good, if it's trash, if it's long, short. I don't know. It's name. The name of the game is Erica. That's all I got. Um, but the main reason I wanted to come to everyone today with this list of PlayStation Plus games is the one that's probably the least exciting out of all of them, which is NBA 2K20. Because 2K20, if I'm not mistaken, like a month ago was on sale for like $10. And everyone's mm. like, really? This is the free game you're going to give me? The game that I could have just bought for $10 a month ago and still <laughs> chose not to? So like, it's definitely not exciting. But here's what I'll say is that I haven't played an NBA game since 2K18. Um, I didn't play 2K19, haven't played 2K20. I'm going to download 2K20 tomorrow, or Tuesday, because obviously this is going to be Thursday. Fuck, dude, this is like a week and a half. I goofed it all up, dude, fuck me. Either way, I'm going to download <laughs> it when it becomes available. It'll be available. Tomorrow yeah, it'll be for available me. available when it comes out. Uh, right now at the time of this recording. Uh, and when this podcast comes out, everyone else can download it. And I just say this to say that if we're playing a regular exhibition game, not like a my career thing with your creative players, none of that. If we're playing an exhibition game, and I don't care if you can use a fucking all-time fucking team, you can use fucking Michael Jordan's Bulls, you can use the 73 and 9 Warriors, I'm telling you that I will take a team with a worse overall and whip that ass, bro. I'm calling out any person that wants the smoke. I'm taking. I'm. 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 I'm handling all the smoke. If anybody wants this work, I'm giving it out for free. When this game's out for free on PlayStation, mm-hmm. fucking, you can message me on Twitter. You can fucking uh, message me on PSN. You can message me on Twitter to get my PSN. To then message me on PSN, and I'm gonna still whip that ass because that's the rules. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was gonna say I was like, you listening, listeners, uh, you will, you will be able to take some of Tyler's money because he seems like he's pretty confident about his two K skills. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident, and and I don't know if I'm gonna put any actual money on the table. I don't know if that's where I'm at right now, but you know, because I totaled my fucking vehicle and need to buy the new one, so it might be a little irresponsible to bet money on two K twenty. But I'm still <laughs> for bragging rights, if nothing else, I'm still handing out the smoke. Anybody wants it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I might take you up on that. I'm I'm gonna download that one. Gonna download Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I almost said Rise of the Skywalker. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna download those two. Uh, I've been playing the the Uncharted one. The Uncharted games I've been playing the last few months that I've been talking about. I got those free off of uh, PlayStation Plus. So yeah, and I don't even think those were like a free Plus game of the month. That was like a weird separate thing they did. I think because of coronavirus i think they just offered that for free oh, really? yeah it wasn't even like oh. one of the monthly games they were just like people are stuck at home we're giving this game out for free like it wasn't even right. on their schedules they just did it 
um, yeah. which is cool. I'm surprised they didn't do that with The Last of Us, being like, hey, like this comes out in two months, you know? Yeah, I wonder... Maybe it was just because... Maybe they just didn't think about it, or if it, I wonder if they were just like, everyone that wants to play the second one by now has already played the first one like i That's, wonder if they were worried yeah. they were gonna get it's too like much too late by that point yeah like i wonder if they would just get they were worried that like they'd get flack for everyone being like really you're gonna give me this game that came with the console you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like that's gonna be mm-hmm. one of our games for the month is the one that you gave everybody when they bought a ps4 so true, that, true. that could be why yeah i mean if it would have been that i would have been like if it would have been that i would i would have been like what the hell is this you just i just bought this like two like two weeks ago when i bought my ps4 so yeah you're right you're right right but so yeah giving out smoke on fucking 2k20 haven't even played it yet still willing to give out the smoke still ready to talk shit having never played this game yet uh, whenever yeah whenever if somebody ever does reach out please let us know oh dude i'll fucking it stream it i'll fucking stream it on twitch dude you're gonna see whoever i'm playing against they're gonna be the fucking picture of odell where he's fucking like lean back catching that pass against i believe the cowboys but they replaced <laughs> the football with a giant fucking l dude that's 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 gonna be everybody i play against Catch the L's. Oh, yeah. And on that note, we'll wrap up this week's episode. Yeah. Of Tyler telling our listeners that he's going to beat the shit out of you on 2K. <laughs> Bro, last week, we put, out a th- we put out a recruitment pitch for our terrorist organization. This week, <laughs> this week, I'm beating everybody's ass in 2K20. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the problematic podcast. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> be the, yeah, that'll be the homework. It'll be... Hit Tyler up on 2K and let's see. Tell a sibling about the episode. Those are you two. <laughs> yeah, tell a sibling. Two homework about assignments. The tell a sibling. And if you don't have a sibling, tell your best friend. And reach out to Tyler to see if you can beat his ass on 2K. Not gonna happen. Can't, can't wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so that's that's the episode. Uh, we are still gonna talk about The Last of Us 2, but we're gonna give you this regular outro first. So um, you can catch me. At team, sorry, you can catch the podcast at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You can email us directly at Different Animals Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to catch me individually, you can catch me on Twitter or IG at T Moneybags, M U N N Y. And you ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can catch me on Instagram at, at Evercastro92. Okay, okay. And uh, that's stay safe, stay entertained. Um, that's the episode, guys. Mm -hmm. Take it easy, guys. Be safe. Peace. So now we're now we're gonna talk about the Last of Us two mm-hmm. because yep. I wanted to, I want we both wanted to bookend this with Last of Us two because we just finished it so it's fresh in our minds yep. um, and also um, we didn't want you know anybody to run in any spoilers if they didn't want to so this right here is going to be a spoiler alert that this whole fucking game will probably be ruined if you listen to this point forward and you haven't finished it yes you've been warned okay so now that that's out of the way yeah how did you feel. How did you feel about, you know, let's start with, like, how did you feel about the way the game played? 
good? Did you have a good time with it? Like, yeah, fun yeah. game? What would you rate it? Yeah, I mean, I... I it's kind of... So, I just finished it today. And mm-hmm. I actually... Um, I, I like made a point to finish it today because I wanted to be able to talk about it on here. And so I knew I was close because it was that part where you're on that island with the scars. And I was like, oh, well then after this, she, uh, Abby meets Ellie in the theater. And then that's like the end of the game. Like, right. Like right. that's when you would think that that's, that it would end. Right. But then the game Incorrect. goes on like a return of the King thing where he, they just has like fucking 25 endings. Yeah. Um, but we can talk about that in a little bit, but I, I loved it like i at first like it's just so long that the first like three or four hours you're kind of like well like is this it like this is so good but of course it's only like the first you know it's the epilogue it's the prologue you know it's just getting started right it's kind of like how i said like when i went back to play the first one everything you're doing with tests is just like i don't even want to play this anymore you know what i mean yeah like now that when you finish this one and you go back to play it you're gonna start and you're like jesus christ i don't feel like doing this shit right like that except expand it even more right? right um but yeah i loved it i thought the ending was great um but the, the ending ending the proper ending but i think i feel like that could have been trimmed as much um but yeah i when you say the ending ending you mean them on the beach okay yeah, yeah. so like them okay. on the beach i feel like them on the beach you could have made that in the theater like you could have easily had that then yeah like Abby get or you not Abby uh, Ellie gets the upper hand in the theater. You have a long fucking fist, like a long battle in the theater, like a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And then she has the same realization when she's about to kill Abby in the movie theater. I don't know if you had to have that extra, you know, her in the domestic life and then her fighting her again. Right. Yeah. I. I, I agree. Like I think. I think you would miss a little bit without it. Like, I think there's a little bit, but I think my issue is that I don't know that the little bit at the end is really worth the extra length. But I see why they felt they needed it. To right. Do. But, it, yeah, and it, it also, you know, in your mind, you know, because it used the, the Seattle day one, Seattle day two, right? Mm-hmm. And so it uses that. And so you think, you know, in exactly the halfway point, it switches back to Abby day one. And so in your mind, you kind of go, okay, this is what the story is. It's a mirror. It's supposed to be exactly the front. It is in the back mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be mirrors of each other. Be like these complicated women who, you know, they're killing for revenge, but they, you know, it's kind of hard to justify, but it's also completely understandable. Right. Right. And so it has this perfect mirror. And then you think you're going to meet right at the end. And then it has another extra chunk. That's, like, you know, it's like an epilogue, but it's like not quite wrapped up in a way that it should. Or I mean, like, I I loved it, but I was like, okay, like, why are we going through this? Like, couldn't we have wrapped this up in the theater? Like, couldn't this conflict of um, Liv and Abby fighting against Ellie like, couldn't that have also just happened at the movie theater? Uh, the the only reason why I'm not sure is that like at the movie theater. Like, the one thing you gain at the end is, you know, it's... at the After the movie theater, Ellie, it feels unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Right? And that she, like, still feels like she didn't do right by Joel. Um, and even when Tommy comes and, like, does the dickhead Tommy thing, which seemed a little weird, but, like, whatever. I mean... So, here's one thing. I read an, I read an article that you sent to me. Um, where someone talked about this and it like he talks about how it, the, the motivations seem off um after after the movie theater like tommy is like randomly out for vengeance which doesn't seem like it necessarily fits his character yeah. and ellie like 
goes back out again, even though it seems like it doesn't fit. And so, personally, like, I, I did get those disconnects, right? But I, I wasn't sure if that was intentional because we're talking about a level of trauma that has happened in these situations that's extreme. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, mm. it's, like, as much as I want to say, like, the motivations don't match, like, it does feel out of place when you're doing it. I wonder if that's intentional because we're in a situation where... Like, we're already in an environment with fucking zombies murdering people every day. You know what I mean? And then, on top of that, like, Joel gets fucking tortured. Someone, he doesn't really get tortured in front of her, but when she gets there, there's no doubt that he's been tortured. Right. Um, And then it's finished off in front of her. And so, like, and then you get the PTSD sequence, even with everything Mm -hmm. hunky-dory, when she's in the barn, screaming. You know what I mean? Like... And that's, like, I can't relate to that, so I wasn't sure if that's just the disconnect, like, that I was feeling is because I've never been in that kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that applies to me, so I just assumed that's where the disconnect was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's where motivation stopped making sense to me because I didn't, I've never experienced that level. Right, right. And she sees him on the ground, like, she has, like, a flash of him on the ground, and it's like, I have to go back and finish it. Right. But, so... Yeah. So, but what I think you don't get is, like, I don't know that in in the theater, if you edit it in the theater, I don't think you get quite the depth of, of you, you wouldn't feel quite the, like, the depth to which it affects Ellie. Right. Which is that you know it affects her a lot, but, like, still, there's not, Ellie doesn't have a picture-perfect scenario. Right. Yeah, at the theater. You know what I mean? And then we get the picture-perfect scenario. She has a kid with Dina. They're in a farm doing exactly what they wanted. And then it's still bad enough that it, like, eats at her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she cannot forget about it. She cannot sleep. All of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then Tommy comes. And the thing is, like, Tommy comes to to just be, like, you know, he's, he's kind of an asshole. He's a straight-up asshole. Which, again... Seems out of character, but also, if I had had my fucking leg blown off and an arrow through my fucking eye, maybe I would no longer be cool. Um, right. Like, yeah, and I saw my brother killed in front of me, or, like, I knew that my brother had been killed by people, and, like, I knew that they were out there, right? Right, and not only are they out there, you know exactly who they are, and you know exactly where they're at. Yeah. Um. So, don't have that. So, again, it, it felt like a disconnect, but I always just kind of assumed that's me at that point. But, like, and he, but the reason she goes out there has nothing to do with him. It's, again, that Joel is eating at her and she feels, you know, like she's missing something. And I think what you get at the end is you get the ultimate, like, I can just fucking murder this person. Like, Ellie's like, I I can just kill this person. It's not even going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, this person, from Ellie, the other thing is, like, you play as Abby for the three days, right? And you grow to realize that Abby's not a monster. Abby's dad was killed by Joel. Which mm-hmm. we all knew, like, it's funny because they're not Fireflies, they're WLF or whatever the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. But, like, just because of that's the main thing that happened in the first game. You start off the second game, you're like, they're not Fireflies, I don't know how it is, but it has something to do with the hospital. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's never said, but you know. You're like, it has to be the hospital. So, like, you get this, you know, Abby seems like a monster, but you learn she's not. And then you feel you start to understand that character. And then that character, even in the three day span goes through a redemption arc, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which is that like, she is a piece of shit. And then, you know, she's like the kids, the two Sarah fights scars 
um, save her life, and so she goes out of her way to go back for them. So, like, you know, you get her little redemption. So you start to feel for her. But from Ellie's standpoint, when she gets to the beach, she's got to think this is... This is what she deserved. You know what I mean? Like, from Ellie's standpoint, you see her up on the fucking pole, tortured, almost dead, and Ellie's got to think, like, this is this is essentially what you did to Joel. You know what I mean? Like, like right. you deserve every bit of this, and then I'm still going to fucking kill you yeah. because you still killed him. So right. from her view, like, it, it's, it's like the perfect cathartic scenario. And then as she's fucking drowning Abby, you get, like, you know, she realizes, like, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, as she's killing Abby, she catches another vision of Joel, and it's like, I'm still going to have these problems even if I kill her right now. Right. You know what I mean? And and as much as, like, people say, like, that's obvious, you know what I mean? Like, we also live in a society where people talk about fucking therapy all the time, and I don't really know if that's happening in a post-apocalyptic fucking scenario, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people are really getting introspective when you're just constantly fighting to fucking stay alive and put food on the table you know what i mean yeah so like that that a realization that may legitimately take that far away you know take that much to gain and i think you don't get that if you ended it at the end you know what i mean i feel like you can chop it up and make it fit somehow like that's where the skill comes in like you can easily have those flashbacks to joel you know on the ground dying like at the end of day one she gets back to the theater and falls asleep and she has the flash right you could squeeze it in more or if like you know um She's in a dark room under one of those fucking buildings that she's crawling through, you know, trying to escape from infected. And she, like, falls down a hatch and, like, hears a bang. And it's, like, she, like, gets the, the flash then. So I feel like they could have weaved it in more throughout uh, Ellie's three-day three days I do, in Seattle. I do think that's true. But I still don't – I still don't think – I think because you don't have the – like I said, the picture-perfect scenario at the end of the theater – yeah. You know what I mean? They're not together. They're not with a kid. They don't have a barn house. Like, they don't have a perfect right. life together. Yeah. I, I think I think what you gain by going back out is that it's such a deep trauma for her that she's willing to throw all of that away. Yeah, and she does. And, I mean, and, and, and she I, has to. Yeah. It's That's the other thing is it's not that she's willing. It's that she has to. Yeah. Is that even with those things, she can't sleep. She's like constantly having episodes like in her head. She's like, this is the only way to make it stop. Like, this is the only way I can do what's right. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. Dina's like, I'm going to leave you. And she's like, if if you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, I need to do this so I can fucking sleep. I can be a functioning human being. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, you don't get that that level of, like, seeing the depths, I think, if you ended at the theater. You know what I mean? Mm. No, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just... I but I like... do think they, I do think they should have pieced it more through to be a consistent theme that that's the problem. Cause you kind of almost lose sight of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she's just going back to kill Abby. And then at the end in the, in the aquarium, Tommy comes in and he's like, Hey, we're just gonna head back to Jackson. And she goes, okay, we'll head back with Jesse. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, okay. I mean, I'm glad because that means that she's not, you know, she just killed a pregnant lady and this guy. And you sort of know that there's more there because of the way that the, the, the game frames it. Right. Um, but I do think that's, <laughs> So, like, I feel like all of Ellie's character arc happens in that epilogue section, right? Yeah. Because I feel like the whole, like, her thing is, like, she comes to realize that she has to forgive and she has to let it go. Um, But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like not, like, the Ellie that is at the start of Seattle Day 1 and is at the end of Day 3 is the exact same one that shows up in Santa Barbara. Which means that day one through day three, she didn't change, nothing happened. Compare that to Abby, who changes 
a lot between day one and day three, right? Right. So then I get to Santa Barbara, which is like sort of pretty much the epilogue, and I'm like, it's the same person that she was in day one. Like, really? Like, you know, like yeah. she's not like conflicted about killing Abby. She, it's the same goal with the same motivations, and I'm just like, I mean, okay, like I like it, and, and like, I, and I didn't want to play it because I was like, I don't want to kill Abby. Like, you, like, it was just right. frustrating because it's like she clearly didn't kill Dina for a reason. She didn't kill you for a reason. And you're still coming after her, and you don't expect that pe- her people are going to come after you in the same way that you're coming after, like, right? Like, like Ellie should be well, smarter and to see that the cycle is going on. But, so, the the one thing I will say about that is that, like, I don't think Ellie really has to worry about Abby's people because she's kind of, at that point, killed most of her people. Right. Right, but, <laughs> yeah. but, I, right, but I'm sure, like, you know, like, I'm sure that's what they thought about the doctor, right? Like, they killed the doctor, like, oh, the doctor, and then, you know, five years later... Or whatever. Or no, yeah, four or five years later, a woman comes into town and kills Joel. Well, see, that's, again, that also, I think, is a little different just because, like, the whole thing is that they don't even think it's the doctor. They're just like, I don't know, Joel fucking made a thousand fucking enemies of and everyone. So Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like, why would, like, I mean, I know we, would have, we wouldn't have had a game without it, but like, you must know that, you know, you kill all these people. And even before you met me, like, he did some shit before, right? He was a smuggler. Like, even before then, like, he had his enemies. So to, you know, go on Seattle, three-day run, and then come back and do it again in Santa Barbara, it's like, like, you know, like, yeah, you love Joel, but, like... That's another one where it's, like, for me, it's, like, I don't... It it is a disconnect for me, but again, like, my dad's not dead. You know what I mean? Like, right. (laughs) Right, 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 yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know what level of fucking insane I'd go, you know what I mean? Again, like we said with Tommy, where it's like, I know exactly where this person is. I know exactly, you know, like, I have everything in arm's reach. It's one thing, like, when it's an assassination, it's like an unnamed fucking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like a specter, but it's like, when it's tangible, hmm. I don't know, you know what I mean? So it's like, for her, like, she saw the person do it, and then knows exactly where that person's at you know what i mean i don't i don't know what level of like disconnect is because i haven't been in that kind of scenario you know what i mean and it could i I say all that but it legitimately could just be bad you know what i mean it could be bad writing it just it could be and like that's something that i'm attributing to like just having never been in that scenario yeah so and i i definitely like that they i mean there's like chance they took chances here right compared to something that's a little bit easier like the last of us one which i think is pretty i don't want to say simple but it's pretty straightforward until the very end until joel lies to her i think the whole thing is you know you have to kill these people to save humanity to get this girl from point a to point b like that's pretty much it but in this one it's a lot murkier and a lot more muddy and sometimes like i said you know sometimes it's like well you know why didn't they do this over here this over there but at least you're talking about it at least it is a little bit um right more um it's murkier. It's a little bit, you know, it's harder to, 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 to pick a side or to say this is a good one because it's point A to point B or like, you know, like the story is, is, is simple and solid. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I definitely, I agree with you though, that it did feel long and I feel like there, there would have been a better way to do it. But like me personally, I don't know what that way would have been. Right. Like I, I wouldn't have thought about like constantly giving her more flashbacks because that's something like the whole thing is about getting vengeance for Joel. Like that's the whole thing. But like, I don't think it's hammered down enough. I, I think like, I, I think for the amount of time you're having to play, mm-hmm. like it, it, it does start to feel a little like going through the motions. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, 
I walk in this room. I need to get to the other side because I got a place I'm going, so I need to kill these people. Yeah. Or, or just, like, avoid these people. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's it's a little just, like, mechanics. You know what I mean? Like, you just feel like it's, it's less of a story and more of playing the game. Which is fine because the game is good, but it would have been better if, if there was more, like, story pushing in those scenarios. You know what I mean? Like, every, if fucking every so many people you killed, like, you just had, like, a fucking click of, like, like a quick snippet of, like, you know, Joel getting his fucking face bashed in. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Just, like, just to, like, I wonder if you'd feel more in touch with Ellie if that's what you were seeing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, if, if you, like, it would ping you enough and then that's another thing, like, is that too much then? You know what I mean? That they keep showing it to you? Like, is it too much um, for people? But, like, I do think you start to feel disconnected because you're just going through the motions. And yeah. I think if they brought that back to the forefront more often, you would feel maybe more attached to that character and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I can see that, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, to, 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 like, last point, just to wrap it up, what did you think about the halfway point, like, twist like the, the not twist but like a, the switching viewpoints the switch yeah what did you think about I, that i liked it i was like this like i don't understand why anyone's mad at it that's one of the things that like people said so the, the story was leaked before the game came out and like mm-hmm. people went up in arms about it and said it was bad before they even played it and like i just feel like i feel like this is something you you have to play to before you're allowed to have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because as much as like everyone would be like, Oh, of course there's fucking, you're going to feel like, of course they're going to give you this three little period. So you feel, you feel better about Abby and then bring you back. Like, like people are like, that's a pretty like standard idea. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you give the villain something, but like, I think that's where the medium shines is you have to play through it. So you reluctantly play as Abby. Because you don't have any interest in fucking living through this bitch's story. You know what I mean? Like, she killed Joel. She's fucking up. You know what I mean? Like, it, right before you start to play her, she fucking kills Jesse. You know what I mean? And you think she's going to kill Tommy. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, you're like, I don't want to fucking, I don't give a shit what you have to say. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that's but how I be- would, yeah. Because it forces you to play through it and it forces you to go through what she went through because that's what that medium is. You do under like by the end of it like as much as it is like very obvious what they're trying to do you're still like yeah no i i get it yeah. you know what i mean like i'm with her I, yeah. I get why she's done everything she's done and like how shitty it is that things have turned out this way yeah. and so like i think that's one of the things that like if you're bitching about that because you read the leaks and you think it's dumb i do think you need to play it because i think that's something the medium gives you that that works better than it does in writing oh, yeah yeah i agree because i felt the same way like when it switches well, A, because, like, you know, you build up all you build up all your guns and all your ammo and shit and all the extra stuff with uh, Ellie. And right. then the switch happens and you have to start all over with Abby. Right. And I, I did think it was weird because, you know, you are playing with Ellie and you get everything so early on. Like, you get all of the extra knickknacks and explosives and all that shit. Like, around, by, the, by hour 12 or 13, you have everything or it appears that you have everything. And so I was like, what the hell? Like, this is full. Like, I didn't fill this up with what's his name until the end or Joel in the first game until the end of it and like what is this and then it switches of course and then you have to start all over so that was the thing is and the thing is is like when it switches I remember thinking like okay I'm gonna go through this short little sequence like little like I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the bullet points and then I'm gonna be back yeah Yeah. I'm gonna be back at Ellie and then like I remember picking up 
uh, like the little uh, fucking scrap or whatever it's called, like the the currency you use to like upgrade stuff. Yep. And like I picked that up and I upgraded something and it had like four upgrades. Uh huh. And, and like, so did the oh, other weapon and I was like, I was that's saying, a I was lot. Like, oh, wait, wait, oh, are we stuck? Yeah, are we. I was like, and I was like, that's a lot. Me? And then and then like, but then like. So the next few times I picked up the currency, it was like a higher amount than I was used to with Ellie. And I was like, oh, okay. They're just giving me the options, but they're, I'm going to speed through it super fast. You know what I mean? Right, same. But yeah. then I got like the fourth training manual for like the upgrade tree. And then there was still a fifth one I hadn't gotten yet. And I was like, holy shit. Like this, I'm playing a whole fucking second game inside this yeah. thing. Like this is not, this is not just going to be a quick bullet points. Yeah. I and mean, I think, I think it feels a little bloated. But, like, I think that's just, like, uh, a casualty of war. Like, I think I think that's just kind of, like, it feels bloated, but I think you kind of need that to get the full weight of everything else. You know what I mean? Like, because like, it does, like, in the beginnings of Abby's stage, it's like, holy shit, i got to play all this. Mm-hmm. But then, because you are with her for so long and she there's the redemption arc and you, you play through it, I think it's important that you spend that time with her to bring the rest of the game to a close. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. That's another thing where I'm like, I think it could be done better, but I don't know what the answer is, and I think it worked for what their end goal was. I mean, you saying that, I literally feel like, like my, I think my last statement on the on the game would be, this game is the Dark Knight Rises, but actually really good, in yeah. that it takes everything that the previous ones did. And just adds so much extra stuff. Like maybe sometimes the shit that doesn't stick, but the shit that does stick, it sticks really good. And similar to what you said, like if you ask me, how do you fix the Dark Knight Rises and make it as good as the Dark Knight or Batman Begins? I would say, I honestly don't know. I don't know because I don't know how to fix it because it's so big and it's so massive and it's so much and it swings for the fences so hard. And the Dark Knight Rises, I think, strikes out more than it hits home runs in terms of its ideas. Whereas this one, I think, is hit most hits and then where it misses it's just like little things but that's that's sort of in my mind how i'm gonna think about it like that's that's a really good analogy i think like i i didn't ever thought of it that way but that's that's a good one like a complex sequel to a simple first first or second game that i think um i'll be thinking about just because of sort of where it hit and where it didn't yeah so um yeah, I mean that's 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 a perfect uh, analogy. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a lot of it. It tries to do a lot, and some of it it doesn't nail, and so you start to you know you start to feel iffy about the things it doesn't nails. But I think, I think once you play it, actually play it, and then step mm-hmm. back, I think you'll see that it nailed more than it missed, and I yeah. think overall, it's worth it. Definitely. I don't. So if I had to rate it, The Last of Us, the first one for me. All right, so this is a weird thing. I'm, I think I'm going to say that I think I think The Last of Us 2 might be better than the first one. But I think I still scored the first one higher because the first one was such a such a like fresh like step for for the for, for games in general. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I think I think I give more extra credit to the first one than I do the second one because the first one was the second one was very ambitious, but the first one was ambitious with no, um, nothing to fall back on. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, if you, if you make in the first one and what you're trying to do doesn't work, that game's just bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if this one, if you're trying the stuff that you're trying and some of it doesn't work, you still have everything you built on the first game to fall back on. You know what I mean? 
So I think I think I would say the first one's a ten out of ten. I think I'd say this one's a nine out of ten. But that's not to say that like it's l- worth less worth playing. You know what I mean? I think I think it's just as worth playing. I just think I have to give more credit to the first one for for being such a new experience with no prior example of it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I can see that. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I don't think I've played enough games to sort of give it a rating like that. Just because I I don't know like I don't have a a bench line, right? Like you know, right? Like I, you I just hear games. like it's groundbreaking, and you're like, yeah. sure, that's what people say about everything that's good. <laughs> right? Yeah, I haven't played enough games, but I definitely see that this is. I mean, these two are my favorite, and the thing is, yeah, I mean, yes, I completely agree with everything you said. Like, they're worth it, and, you know, sort of what I was saying before, like, when it hits, it hits, and, and it has more misses in the first one, but I think this, the, the swings it takes in this one is, um, it makes it worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. Ever says it's just as worth playing as the first one, which I also agree with, so yep. definitely go play it if you haven't. Yep. I don't know why I'm saying this, because if you haven't played it, you just listen through us doing like, yeah, this fucking game, bro. <laughs> so, whatever, dude. Just it, It's, it's a good game. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we it, hope you enjoyed it. There email we go. us your thoughts. Like, anything that you you think maybe they could have done better, or, you know, if you were one of those people who hated it somehow, um, email us. Tell us why. And if you loved it, email us. Text us. T- or text us. Uh, tweet at us. Tell us why. Yeah, definitely. Um the last thing I want to say, it's super short, is that, like, I was so worried I was going to have to kill Abby. Like, that mm-hmm. whole ending sequence is like, don't make me do it. Like, yeah, don't make me do it. Same. And she starts fucking drowning. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I'm at... And then she pulls up the glass and goes, like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, there was one part where you hit, like, square to, to yeah. like, take the knife or, like, stab her. And I didn't push it. And Abby killed me. And, of course, I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no good. But, all right, guys. We'll catch y'all next week. All right. See you guys. Peace. Peace.